afternoon and welcome to Vintage Orange here on KUCI 88.9 FM. I am Ellen Bell and thank you for joining me again on another Wednesday afternoon where we talk about Orange County history. Uh, That's our topic here and so we're going to be talking about that for the next 30 minutes or so. And uh, speaking of Orange County history, something historic is happening this week uh, here in in, uh, the Orange County Fair. If you haven't been there in a while, there's a really cool new museum that is opening this week, opening today as a matter of fact. So I wanted to mention to you really quickly, it's called the Heroes Hall and uh, the actual building's been there for a while. It was part of the original Santa Ana Army Air Base that was that was there before the Orange County Fair and uh, they are opening this brand new museum where you can go and it's a it honors our veterans from, from all wars. Uh, you go there and there's all kinds of uh, um, monuments and, and there's a Medal of Honor court and it's just a, a wonderful place to honor veterans but inside this Heroes Hall are exhibits that tell the story of veterans and I, I really I was there on uh, on Monday afternoon they had a little preview of it and I got to walk through there it's really something special and it's a sweet little museum it's, you can see it quickly it's not a big uh, a huge exhibit but you can walk through it and and really get a sense of the stories uh, there's a wonderful exhibit downstairs called the things they carried uh, which talks about all kinds of um, the ephemera and the things that the different soldiers had with them as they were in battle in, in, in Vietnam, particularly what this exhibit's about. But um, you really get a sense when you can s- see the actual first-person stories, and that's what Heroes Hall is all about. So I suggest you get over there. And it's historic because uh, 75 years ago, that's when the Santa Ana Army Air Base opened, and it really transformed Orange County. And so part of the museum tells that story as well. So get over there, learn about our local history. It's open daily from 11 to 5, and you can find out more about them on uh, ocfair.com in the History <coughs> Hall. Um, and something else that's even older than that, uh, the city of Brea and uh, is celebrating a birthday. Um, the city of Brea is celebrating its centennial. And so to tell me, help me tell you about that, I have my guest today is Linda Shea. She's the museum curator at the Brea Historical Museum. And uh, Linda has agreed to come on with me and tell me a little bit about what's going on in Brea. And I know, first of all, it's been raining or it's going to be raining, right? I just saw, Linda, about your event this weekend. Get me up to date. Yeah. Hi there. <laughs> hi. Um, unfortunately, our event has been postponed. Yeah, we I We had saw a big that. picnic and parade planned for the weekend. Uh, it was going to go down Birch Street and end up at the sports park where food would be sold at 1917 prices. Oh, my we had goodness. Three reenactment games scheduled of the big game that we had there in 1924. But uh, the field is already semi saturated from the previous rains, and the threat of rain this weekend. Um, made the city officials very fearful for 
public safety. Oh, absolutely. And the uh, longevity of the field. Yeah, and you know, so much planning has gone into this. I know this is something that you all in Brea have been planning and and getting ready for. And so there's no reason to, you know, not just push push it off a little bit and still have the wonderful celebration on another weekend. And so we will get together. I will find out from you and maybe you can come back on when you you know the date, um, the rescheduled date. So we'll make sure people know and I'll I'll put that on my website as well so we can spread the word. Yeah, probably in the (laughs) early summer, we hope, when the weather is not so threatening. Well, who would figure, you know, right? Southern California, you know, that you have to worry about postponing because of rain. Really? I know. My sister's laughing hysterically (laughs) in New York. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Have a little bit of weather, you know, deal with that for a change. Well, Linda, you know, let's talk about Brea Centennial, though, because you still, you're going to have a whole year of of celebrations, I know. So this is just the beginning of, of that commemoration. Um, but I want to share with people a little bit about the history of Brea, um, our North County uh, c- city up there on the north side of the county. And tell me a little bit about the story of Brea and uh, why. F- when did people first start to kind of develop a little town site? Why were they? Why did they come there? Well, we are definitely, as you say, north. We're pretty much as north as you can go, and still remain in the OC. And pretty much like most North American regions, we think that we had residents here as early as several thousand years ago. Of course. Of course, we have no archaeological evidence to support that, um, but we can ascertain that around 400 A.D. we had Native Americans living in our area. Um, not a lot of material culture left from that either. Uh, we can fast forward to 1760s when the, the Portola exhibition came through. Mm-hmm. The, the Spanish occupation and the mission system of Alta California, but no real colonization taking place in Brea. Um, we did have some activity from Mission San Gabriel. Their cattle grazed in our hills and our valleys and drank from our creeks and, and used our wildlife. But mm-hmm. again, no real colonization taking place. Uh, we can fast forward again to 1837 when we actually have our first landowner, uh, Juan Pacifico Ontiveros, who was granted 3,500 acres from Mexico, uh, became the first landowner in what would eventually become uh, Brea, Fullerton, Placentia, and Anaheim. It was the Rancho San Juan Cajon de Santa Ana. Mm -hmm. So he's our first big landowner, and coincidentally, he uh, comes across some hard times. You know, there was this little thing called the Mexican War, and then there was the accession into the United States, and uh, Ondevera sold about 1,200 acres to a group of German vintners in the uh, 1800s. Uh, they would form what would later be called Anaheim. Uh, his family worked the land that was remaining for many years and eventually ended up selling most of it to Abel Stearns, mm-hmm. who was very, very prominent in the region. In fact, Abel Stearns had several hundred thousands of acres, including the 30,000 from Montevados, uh, which again included our little section of town. But he, too, fell on difficult times, uh, mostly from a drought. Right. We are not experiencing now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was a six-year drought. Very, very devastating. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cattle were dying by the hundreds and hundreds. He ended up selling off about 177,000 acres of his land. but then he formed what was considered a investment syndicate. And hold on one second. 
Certainly. So, yeah, the Stearns Ranch Rails Company. Cool. Yeah. Oh, aren't we all? Yeah. Aren't we are. <laughs> Take as much time as you need. Yeah. Stearns uh, created this syndication, and he started leasing off what was remaining of his property, that which he didn't sell, and he leased a big chunk of it off to the Basques sheep herders. Mm, okay. And so Brea became a sheep town. <laughs> we weren't actually a town. We weren't actually Brea. Uh, we were nothing. We were just uh, sheep herders on this able property. And uh, that lasted for quite a while, until the early uh, 1900s, in fact, maybe officially around 1913 it, it ended. But uh, simultaneously, there was always some interest in that black brea, it was called brea, Spanish word for tar, that seeped out of the hills. The natives, of course, knew it. They used it as asphaltum for waterproofing, for um, adhesive. Mm -hmm. um, others used it as uh, pitch, kind of like a, a low-economy fuel, if you will. So it was, it was there. It was, it was just on the surface? It was just out? You could find it in pools? It or seeped out of the hills. It okay. literally seeped up from cracks and fissures okay. in the hills. Um, and it was very, very uh, annoying to the sheep herders because that tar, that pitch, would get on the sheep. And, you know, with <laughs> yeah. that yeah. to wool, it, it was terrible. But um, it, it wasn't until probably around 1865 that uh, Stearns really became aware of what was on his property. Uh, some oil wells were attempted. Nothing came of them, a lot of empty holes. But they were selling small amounts of rights to the Los Angeles Gas Company, who had excavated to make gas for the streetlights in Los Angeles. Then around the 1890s, everything changed. Um, all of a sudden, literally overnight, we had the Chandler Oil Company, the Brea Canyon Oil Company, Puente mm -hmm. and the Columbia Oil Companies. You know, oil was, was drilled on the East Coast for many years before, and so they knew what that tar, that Brea was. And uh, in 1897, Edward Doheny drilled a well over in Santa Fe, 700 feet deep, and there was our first well pumping about 50 barrels a day. It's on the Santa Fe lease. In fact, it is still pumping oil to this day behind the Olinda Oil Museum in on Santa Fe, across from Carbon Canyon Regional Park. I love that. I love that. So you can still go today over there and, and find that it's yes. still working. It is amazing. <laughs> they shut it off from time to time for maintenance purposes yeah. and such. But, and it's not nearly pumping as much as it was, but it is still pumping oil, if you can imagine that. I, I, I haven't been there to see that personally. That's on my list of places that I need to get up to to visit personally, but I really want to see that myself because... The oil Museum is very interesting. In fact, there's uh, one section, they've got a, an outdoor piece made where you're sitting there looking at down at the hill, looking down Santa Fe, you see the Santa Fe, the hillside as it is, but the picture on this panel is the hillside as it was in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And so you're looking at that same exact location, same exact angle, totally different vision. And it's just breathtaking to see how that hill was just dotted with derricks. I mean, yeah. literally, derricks sprang up overnight. Yeah, the, ch the change in topography and, and you know just what 
and you know, yes, it's been you know decades and decades and decades, but that's really in a short period of time, really in the span of time, and how much change has happened in that area. And yet, you still have that you know solid oil <laughs> derrick still working and pumping, just like it it was back in eighteen ninety seven. And it's interesting, though, that for hundreds and hundreds of years, the land was basically untouched. Yeah. Uh, the, the slight interruption of sheep herding. But um, it didn't take long from 1897 mm-hmm. to 1903 to 1910 to 1917. Everything changed. Right. Everything. Very, very quickly. Um, again, oil field one is still pumping. Uh, in 1903, maps were filed uh, to... To call this area Randolph, mm-hmm. we kind of started basically as two, maybe three simultaneous little outcroppings. There was the the lease in Olinda that was pumping. There was the lease in Brea Canyon, and on all of these leases, the oil workers were building small homes. So there were small little communities. There was an, a school in Olinda. Mm-hmm. There was a school in Brea Canyon as early as 1903. But there was no official town. Right. So and so in 1903, they filed with the county the town of Randolph. And they named it Randolph in the attempt to lure Epps Randolph, who was the vice president of the Pacific and Electric Railway, to build a railway here. Uh, uh, everywhere else it was built, it became a big boom town. You look at Los Angeles. Sure. You look at Huntington. You look at San Pedro. You look at Long Beach. Everywhere the P&E, the red car, went. The town grew huge by leaps and bounds, and so we did. We got our we got our P and E, and we didn't grow at all. <laughs> so so <laughs> not they, at all. They named it Randolph basically just to flatter the railroad guy, right? Exactly, so that he would exactly. build the train there, and he did. <laughs> uh, but it didn't work. So okay. in 1910, maps were filed with the county again, changing the name from Randolph to Brea. <laughs> Which is we, more fitting, right, after the stuff that, you know, was making everything work. We the gave oil. him a shot. It didn't pan <laughs> out. And, oh, we were going with what we knew, tar. <laughs> the same day, they annexed in the northern section, which was actually Brea Canyon, into what was now the town of Brea. Okay. Uh, eventually, we became the city of Brea, uh, February 23rd, 1917. We were voted in as Orange County's eighth city. Wonderful. And, as they say... The rest is history. <laughs> well, you know, you speak about that era, and it's obviously you bring in any kind of new economy, new money, that's going to attract people and change and development. And so let's talk about um, the changes that happened in Brea when it became a little uh, uh, kind of boom periods. This is obviously one of its early growth periods. Was it just the 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 oil? Was it this, the Union Oil Field? Or what were the oil companies that were kind of predominant? Well, oil, Union Oil. Oil. Okay. Uh, Union Oil eventually um, bought out almost all of the other oil leases. Okay. There were some that survived Brea Canyon for a very long time, but uh, Union Oil predominantly owned all of this land. And in fact, we owe everything to Union Oil. But they weren't uh, only oil, because on their oil fields, which encompassed thousands and thousands of acres, they planted oranges and ah. lemons and grapefruits. And so at one point, Brea was the largest orange producer in the area, in fact, hmm. in part of Southern California, which is very odd to consider. Uh, you know, orange grows growing everywhere else, but because the land was unoccupied. Uh, so our boom was oil 
and then oranges, and then, of course, all of the other opportunities that came after. But those didn't really come until after the freeway and mm-hmm. after the mall. And Up to that point, we were an oil community. Oil and the oranges as well. And that's, mm-hmm. Was there a packing house? or were, was. Okay. Down just east of where Lambert Road is, there was a Calavo packing house, which was huge. And in fact, though our P&E passenger service ended in 1938, commercial service stayed all the way until the late 70s. And, and so oranges, grapefruits, avocados, lemons were all hauled back and forth all along this area. And uh, so Brea really is a, a town, it's kind of that mixture of ag and then the, the oil industry. And mm-hmm. um, tell me about the people who were attracted to live there. What's the community like? I mean, it, uh, it seemed like a lot of, I mean, obviously a lot of farmers or people who are working the citrus groves, but also people working in the oil fields. So what did that have, what kind of influence did that have on the people who were living there? Most of the groves were managed by large conglomerates. Um, Union Oil actually hired in people to manage their groves. Okay. So it wasn't individual farmers, farmers right, so much yeah. mm-hmm. as it was a very large industry mm-hmm. under the belt of Union Oil. Uh, there were other industries that were all related to oil. Schaffer Tool Works, Brea Oil Tool Works. These were, you know, sub-industries of oil but, of course, related. Uh, They grew in the area. We had um, schools growing. Most of it, again, was all oil industry. So though there was agriculture, it wasn't as big as the oil was. Did did the Union Oil Company, were they actually building the schools? Were they underwriting that? Or, I mean, was it that kind of a company town? They were. In fact, much of Brea is uh, in debt to Union Oil for their generosity. Uh, they helped with a bond, and we had another bond, for the Brea Grammar School, which was our first mm-hmm. official school. We had the Brea Canyon School, which we really can't find any evidence of. We know it was there, but we can't find any archaeological footprint of. But they helped with the Brea Grammar School, which was then catty-cornered to where the Brea Junior High is now. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very long before the city outgrew that school. And so they gave us a land swap. They gave us the 10 acres across the street. They took the Brea Grammar School, used it as an office headquarters for quite a while, and helped us build Brea Junior High, which is actually still used today. Um, it had some modifications after the earthquake and, of course, the flood. But um, Brea Junior High is the same school that we've had all this time. That's a, I, I love that part of, of Brea um, is up near the school there where it's a lot of those. Is, is there a name for that district? I know it's kind of historic residential area that there's some of those original homes that were built by Union Oil. The Union Oil Historic Home District. Okay, is good name for it. <laughs> That's behind um, City Hall Park. Yeah. Include Madrona and Walnut for Elm, all those houses there. And we have currently... Uh, 58 houses on the historic registry, most of them made by Union Oil Development. And these were, they're little kind of, they're not, they're bigger than cottages, but they're little kind of bungalow-style houses that uh, these were built for workers? They were built for the oil workers, right. Mm -hmm. Brea did not boast a lot of large Victorian homes. We had one home, Seaver Home, (laughs) which was unfortunately uh, taken down. It was... um, off of Imperial Highway, 
uh, down by Barry, a beautiful, beautiful colonnade home. Uh, it was probably our largest, uh, but it didn't last through the 80s. Uh. Uh, most of the homes here in the area were, were small, mm-hmm. one, two-bedroom Homes. Which was kind of typical of, of the people, you know, who are living there and the jobs and things like that, the industry. And so uh, y- the oil's the big name in town, and then World <laughs> War II happens, and, uh, you know, Brea gets caught up in the same kind of wave of residential development that the rest of Orange County does, right? I mean, right. at the post-war boom? We do have a, a small post-war boom, but we have a bigger boom after we get a freeway. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty much a game changer. Up to that point, Brea had a downtown, and it was active, and we had a small community, but we didn't have the large growth spurts that you had on the East Coast or in other parts of California as much. Mm-hmm. Um, we were still a small bedroom community. Uh, once we got a freeway, we didn't get one exit. We got two exits. <laughs> Everything changed because yeah. then it was uh, apparent that we were a destination. What do you do at a destination? Well, you shop. <laughs> <laughs> so we had redevelopment funds. We could have redeveloped our downtown. Instead, we got a mall, right. which was a tremendous game changer on multiple levels. It not only brought in lots of people, lots of business, it brought in lots of animosity to, from the downtown, the people in the, the downtown, those businesses were offended and hurt and uh, slighted by the fact that everything had shifted to that other direction. Yeah, yeah, and that that Brea Mall, I mean, that's that's just kind of an iconic landmark right there now, I mean, in North Orange County. And the freeway we're talking about is the 57. So before, so when did the 57 go, th- did it just go through at that time? Is it when they built it in the 70s? It was built in the 70s, yeah. Okay. And we were we were originally getting a exit one exit. okay but, um, and we were fortunate uh, one of our very old rare residents was in Sacramento Ted Craig as you know mm-hmm. Craig Park is named after and so we kind of had a heads up of what was happening uh, and our city government was right there um, they were right in the planning um, and it was I don't know if it was serendipitous or it was well planned but it all worked out really well. Uh, The freeway came, the mall came, you know, Wayne Wadeen and Rex Gady literally back and forth to Chicago negotiating the mall because there were other locations in the country where that mall could have gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly more well-known than Brea. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were not, (laughs) even though we had a freeway, it was still new and nobody really knew about Brea. Yeah, and there weren't a ton of these malls around yet. You know, it was one of the earlier ones in the area, and so it definitely was that destination that you talked about. It was, and and it's it's nothing's been the same since. You know, today we have a, a daytime uh, population of over 120,000. At night, we shrink back down to our normal selves of around 40. <laughs> when everyone goes home. <laughs> when the stores close. <laughs> That's really interesting. Um, well, so let's fast forward to today and tell me about a little bit of mod- present day Brea. And, you know, is what I always like to, to encourage people to do is to actually go and visit and find some of these remnants of history in, in, in the cities in our county. And, 
you know, they might be very familiar with the Brea Mall, probably are, and oh, yeah. and some of the new developments that you have. You have that new, is it the promenade, or what are they, yes. the new Brea development there with all the restaurants and shops and things that La are... La Foresta. We have La Foresta, which is our newest, down by Valencia, where the old uh, Union Oil Hartley building was, the Hartley Research Center. We have the Brea Promenade, the downtown, um, several. Um, Blackstone is uh, residential. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have a new mixed-use over where the Brea uh, General Hospital was, over on Central. Uh, that's in uh, development stages right now, mostly residential. But, so, uh, yeah, those are the things that a lot of people are, are you know, they'll hear about because it's all happening new. But what I'd like to to focus a little bit about today is where they can find the the older parts. And I know that one place they can start is your museum, right. uh, the Brea Museum on Brea Boulevard. And it's in such a beautiful location. It's kind of like, um, well, was this like a, the original civic center? It was. In fact, it was one of the first civic centers in Orange County mm. because this is what we call City Hall Park. It's bookend by the museum, which was built in 1929. It was originally the American Legion building. And then we have the plunge in the center, also built in 29, and is the oldest continuous-use pool, public pool in Orange County. And then the other bookend is what was our City Hall. It was our second City Hall, our first being the Sewell Building, which was downtown. But um, at one point, the police were here in our building. The fire department was in City Hall. The city offices, of course, were there. Uh, We have the pool. So this became the very first civic center, civic and cultural center in Orange County. It's really a beautiful spot. And then in the middle of it is this park that is just, you know, this green space. You know, I don't know. It's just a really a lovely place back in those old buildings from the 20s. Uh, it's, it's just a nice little uh, trip back in time to visit your, your Brea Museum and Civic Center area. And then, of course, right behind it are those homes that we were talking right. about before. So it's a nice place to park your car and get out, go visit the museum. But then you can do a little walk around the neighborhood and go back back to uh, a little bit more of the Brea history that we were talking about, and you can still see it very much today. And that plunge, now can anybody, is that, do you have to just be a, a resident of Brea, or no, is no. anyone uh, able to go and use that? No, pricing for residents and non-residents. Oh, okay. But, uh, it is an amazing pool. It's so and, pretty. And uh, the Historical Society will be offering tours of the historic homes and the historic businesses in April and May of this year. Um, there will also be a virtual tour. Uh, version available on our website. Oh, that's wonderful. So that'll be happening through the Historical Society is going to be giving those tours? Right. Just check out our website. But you can also go to the Oil Museum because mm-hmm. there is pretty much where it began. Right. Uh, Olinda was not part of Brea. It is, of course, today. But um, like I said earlier, Oilfield One is still pumping. Um, they have a tremendous, tremendous history, and it's part of the California State Parks. Uh, Carbon Canyon Regional Park is across the street, and many people don't know, but we have a Redwood, Redwood Grove there. Oh. Uh, in the 70s, Cal State Fullerton's uh, Horticultural Department had a, an experiment going on. They planted a bunch of redwoods, which do not grow in this area, but gosh, no, they do there. Maybe they like the oil. Maybe they like the tar. Yeah, I don't know what they like. <laughs> they don't like the drought because they had a, it oh. an irrigation system some years ago. Um, but we also have Pioneer Hall, which is now part of our senior center. Pioneer Hall was originally built in 1921, and it was west of Madrona. 
and it's where Babe Ruth and Walter Johnson had their pancake breakfast during oh. the big game in 1924. Right. And it was moved across the street to Brea Boulevard for a while and became part of our community. It was like our community center. It was the Women's Club, the Lions Club, the Rotary, and such all met there. And then it was moved to the Brea Senior Center and is part of their facility now. Uh, we also have the Tire Barn, which is one of the oldest buildings left in Brea. It was originally part of Shaffer Tool Works, and that's where the guys from the big game actually got changed. <laughs> so <laughs> the locker the big room. game took place right behind there. Uh, we know that pretty much near St. Crispin Street is where Home Plate was. We can't be sure of the orientation to the left or to the right, but we know Home Plate was pretty much in the middle of the street there. On oh, things. my goodness. And, that, yeah, th- when we're talking about the big game, this was an exhibition game that took place yeah. and uh, with uh, Walter Johnson and Babe Ruth played right. at the Brea Bowl, I believe, Brea right? Brea Bowl on uh, Halloween, and they then proceeded to go down to Anaheim because the game was sponsored by the Anaheim Elks. It was a fundraiser. Right. And uh, then they went down to the parade, and that parade is still taking place in Anaheim every Halloween. And there's another piece of Orange County history. It's all connected. It and, is, it is. And so, I, I, Linda, thank you so much uh, for being with me this uh, this afternoon because I, I, I love to give people some information about some history of a, a town that they may not be familiar with having a lot of history because Bray is a place that, like you said, had a lot of changes in more modern times and it's getting a lot of new developments and new exciting things happening but there's a rich heritage of history in Brea and uh, very unique I mean the, the the oil and all of the things that happened in Brea were, were very special to that city and the county so if you really want to understand the story of Orange County you need to get up to Brea uh, I strongly suggest getting to your museum I love the little jail exhibit you guys have in the basement <laughs> exhibit. it was actually the jail because it well <laughs> you're right I mean <laughs> It's not a jail now, but it, yeah, you can go down where the jail was, and they have it kind of set up like that, and it's 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 a great place to go, and I, I want to hit that plunge, because it's a beautiful, there's kind of art deco, lovely yeah. swimming pool, and um, so, yes, I people need to come up and visit you, and we will give everybody the information about you, the rescheduled parade and all of the wonderful events that are happening in Brea. They should check out your website, yep, is that right? Museum.org. BreaMuseum.org. Well, Linda Shea, curator at the Brea Historical Museum, thank you so much for being with me today. And thank you to all of you for tuning in to Vintage Orange on KUCA 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Ellen Bell. Thank you, and I will see you next week.